Hello, and good day to you from episode 31 of our podcast series, Project Breakaway, a metaphorical and literal time in the day when we here at Predator Cycling take some time away from working in the back shop to come and share with our listeners what we're doing, how we're doing it, what it takes to do it, our ideas, our innovative success stories, and even our missteps and failures. If you find yourself with an interest in bicycles, composite manufacturing, out-of-the-box design, or even curiosities beyond, I encourage you to stick with us, settle in, and learn a little. I'm Courtney B., co-owner and project manager of Predator Cycling. I'm here with my partner, Arm Goganian, the other co-owner, CEO, lead designer and engineer, and a second-time daddy. How's it going, Arm? Oh, it's going really well. Yeah, I am a second-time daddy, your second-time mommy. Yeah, so it's been a minute. It has. We added a new future employee of Predator Cycling. Yep. Trying to expand the team here. Expanding the family business. So we had our second son three weeks ago. And he is currently here at the shop. He is. Just like the first one. Spent the first year here at the shop, um, causing me pain and drive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's not always easy, but... Uh, yeah, so if you hear a uh, baby crying, that's the reason. Yeah, it's our baby. Or it's me. <laughs> um, <laughs> One of the two. Okay, so uh, well, let's jump in. We uh, obviously had to take a little um, maternity, paternity time, mm-hmm. self, uh, self-induced maternity time and when you and your own business. I don't, I don't know what it qualifies as. I don't as. know. I know I'm not getting paid anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, uh, yeah. No, I think we were actually still um, doing emails from the hospital. It was. And um, we did take a, a week, though, to get back to the shop, which is, I think, four more days than last time with the first one. Yeah, something like that. So, you know, a we little self, a just, little self-care. <laughs> yeah. No, I just I would come in to do shipments and get stuff out. Um, that's it. And process a couple orders and things. Yeah. But, yeah. So we're back and we're trying to um, get into the swing of things, which is difficult because I'm so tired. (laughs) It it is difficult balancing it all, but um, we are doing our best. So yeah, back and firing on those cylinders. Jump in. Yes. Uh, Firstly, as we mentioned in the last episode, which I can't remember when we recorded that. Not it's like it was pre. Pre 2.0. Like a month ago. Yeah. Anyway, we talked about opening up the wholesale on the website for uh, shops and bike fitters and uh, people of that nature. Yes. Um, So that is now up and running. Yep. So if you have an interest in uh, purchasing wholesale, um, go to predatorcycling.com and you scroll down to the bottom. Yep. It's on the bottom. And you click wholesale. Mm -hmm. You will fill out the preliminary questionnaire. That will come to us, and then I'll do some investigative research yep. and make sure that you are a legit company and worthy of my wholesale. <laughs> and uh, then we will send you a contract, and then upon agreement and signature and you signing away everything to me, uh, we'll <laughs> sign you up. Uh, yeah, so... Um, I we mean, do have already, I think it was up for a day, and we had an application already. So Yeah, we've already got a couple applications and people set up, and actually ordering on wholesales already so um it's pretty cool so we're trying we're we're doing our best to fill that need um i know a lot of people have reached out to us about it so we're, we're trying to make sure we do it and we we are going to um if you are wholesale and you log into wholesale the 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 
um, the look and feel of it is not quite finished. I'm, I'm waiting because we're going to have a, a website update here in the next couple months, and then it'll integrate better. So just forewarning. Oh, I haven't actually looked at it. Is it not, it's not friendly? It's, no, it, it's fine. It's just like the, where it says like the wholesale price on the products isn't like aligned perfectly and shows up perfectly on all the product pages because the different product pages have different custom custom settings in them to make them work. Uh, so you get the full discount codes and everything on your on your checkout page. It, it clearly tells you your discounts, um, but it doesn't always show it to you nicely on the product page itself. Okay. So I'm just, it's a, it's a work in progress. It's like the website designer stuff. Yeah. And it's just, anyway, there's a anyway, is trying to sell me on a new theme here soon. So if I say yes, and we purchase it, it'll look great. Yes. Okay. So it'll probably look great here in a month <laughs> or two. Okay. Um, anyway, um, so today is October 21st, mm-hmm. but yesterday <laughs> it was October 20th. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, time. And so yesterday, the ANSYS Level Up 2.0 virtual conference took place online streaming versus via ANSYS's website. Um, and we have mentioned it quite a few times on the podcast leading up to yesterday. Um, and that you had recorded a chat with a um, friend of the podcast and friend of Predators, Eileen Kurt Chan, mm-hmm. who is Senior Product Marketing Manager at ANSYS. Yeah. And um, I think it should still be available to stream even after the fact. If you go to their website and you're registered. I wasn't registered, so I couldn't get in. Oh, okay. But I think if you're registered, it should be up. I think I think they're still up. I, I believe they are. Yeah. I can't imagine them taking it down. So we mentioned that you were having a discussion about simulation with Kurt. So mm-hmm. break that little streaming video down for us. Yeah. So basically, you know, I mean, as we've said many times on this podcast, um, Simulation is really important to us. It's an integral part of our business. It's how we design product, and it's also how we actually run our business. Um, so we used um, in, in the in the chat. We basically talk about um, how we how we rely on simulation um, for not only just the composite side, but our our additive side, and how we use it in the product development stages. Um, so it's it's kind of an overview of what we've talked about in different episodes on this podcast. Um, but it's a nice, I think it's a good conversation, especially around the idea of how to leverage uh, simulation, topology optimization, AI, you know, um, if you have high powered CPUs um, and GPUs to um, um, really enhance your product development, um, especially for additive. Great. Yeah. So you were talking, oh, so that chat was more about additive. Well, I mean, like 3D it's both. We talk about additive because that's like the most, um, um, it's the most, I think it's one of the more interesting conversations to have around simulation. Um, we talked about that. We also talked about the RF20 and the composite side on how we use it for a composite side. Um, so when you say additive, you're talking about 3D print materials. When you say composite, you're talking about carbon fiber layup. Yes. Okay. Just, yes. just yes. getting that clear. Yeah, it, well, actually, it's kind of confusing because, I mean, in, most people make the argument that composites is also additive. Um, it's an additive form of manufacturing. But anyways, that's a, that's a mm. debate for a different discussion. Mm. Well, I mean, it's it's just a material that you're forming something with. So how is that? So would you say, like, 
steel bikes are additive because you're taking steel tubing and putting it together. Well, but you're taking steel tubing and cutting them up into pieces and then welding them together. So it'd be relatively considered a practical process. Most composites, like we have our net waste, I mean, is very little, especially in, anyways, it's a, it's, you can get into a really, Mm. I make the argument that it's it's not a typical subtractive manufacturing. Now, the tooling and some of the processes in order to make the composite parts is definitely a subtractive part. So, anyways, that's an interesting. Mm. But yeah, it's yeah. Anyway, uh, so simulation for three D ad- simulation for three D printing yeah is different mm-hmm. than three simulation for composites. Absolutely. Same theory, use the tools differently. But the simulator itself needs the so you engine. throw in all the 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 information. Sp- yeah, it spits it out. So the simulation is different. I like it's. Yeah, so it's so well, yes, it's working differently. So in in um in three D printing, you can use uh, topology optimization really effectively. Um, because so topology optimization, the basic premise of it is is you have a solid object you have an object um, you have forces and loads that are being acted upon it and then the computer basically figures out where those loads and forces are how they're affecting the part you set parameters of what you want the part to achieve and it tries to find the minimal amount of material in order to achieve those points Mm -hmm. so it's actually kind of like helping you design and we've talked about this before especially since we have our p620 workstation with rtx a6000s we can just plow through that so fast and solve those questions so quickly that we're able to do it in a, in, in real time um, and see the part being formed in front of us. Um, when we do that for uh, composites, we, we do actually use topology optimization for composites, um, but we use it in a different way. We're usually not looking at the actual structure of the bicycle frame or the component. We're actually looking more for um, more so at the layup schedule of the actual bicycle and helping us assist us in which way to lay up the part so we use it in different ways we we use topology optimization both um in in 3d print though you can actually make this crazy shape that you get and that's how the genius um water bottle cage was designed Um, so you're using simulation and 3d print for the actual like starting off jumping off point for the design phase mm-hmm. phase one but we use the simulation for composites basically kind of like in not design phase one like the right. phase three manufacturing yeah. and layup maybe phase 1.9 and then also yeah. like the latter phase oh i guess you're using it both in the latter phase when you're doing your checks like mm-hmm. level like phase four like qc mm-hmm Absolutely. And then also, like, you have to remember, like, the whole validation process we have. We're actually validating our our physical test results to our simulated results so that we can validate the manufacturing process as, as, a, as a quality, as a QC check. I feel like that phase of simulation is what people are normally used to seeing. Absolutely. Like, oh, hey, here's an entire part in construction. And oh, look at that. That's simulated and it's moving and it's working. Right. So, but like, I mean, you have to remember, too, like, historically, when you have a part, you have... You know, your um, brainstorming idea team, which is part of your industrial design team. You then have an industrial designer that actually designs the part and makes a mock-up that usually gets sent off to an applications engineer or product engineer that's actually going to kind of figure it out. 
And then that's going to go back to your industrial designer who's actually going to do all the surface modeling. Once that's done, it goes to engineering to actually make the part work. Then once the part works, then it goes off to molding and tooling comp- like team who's going to design the tooling and molding for it. And during that process is when the part gets simulated. Um, so you're typically starting the simulation process very late in the entire process. Like that's historically how it's done. Um, we kind of change, we change that. We're changing history. We're changing history. Uh, we change that workflow. I mean, the other thing is we're a small team. So there's, you know, essentially the two of us are designing and whoa, all whoa, parts. whoa, you're forgetting the new guy. Right. But he's, he's, uh, um, he's the executive. He doesn't, he doesn't do, deal with much of that. Oh, you <laughs> just made all the executives mad. <laughs> he's an executive. He doesn't really do anything. He shows well, up, the he shows up for the conferences and eats the cheese. Ooh. Yeah. Is there food? No, <laughs> I wish there was. Um, but, um, no. So like, I mean, the, we're, we're a small team. So obviously, um, uh, we're, we're doing a lot of different parts, but I, I don't, we don't here. We don't think of, the project in stages like that as roles those roles are all merged together into the product development cycle so we're coming up with an idea directly in modeling and then directly simulating that mock-up mm-hmm. i mean within i mean hours like i mean with i mean i think that, i mean the genius cage i know that i designed it the initial design for it and i was in topology optimization within I mean, less than an hour after making the part um the rf20 was you know, the first day, I mean, before I started in the morning, before lunch, I was already simulating stuff to see, understand how um, CFD was affecting it, how composite layouts were going to affect it. Like, you know, just quickly kind of like quick and dirty mocking things up in simulation just to understand how the shapes were affecting the parts and the performance of the parts. So, so um, I could be completely wrong and projecting my own thoughts on the ANSYS level up 2.0 but I kind of scrolled through it and it seemed like a lot of the streaming videos were just like engineers talking about like a part they're making and like how the mm-hmm. simulation and like like kind of like um tutorial this is what I did blah 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 this is what I did but your streaming thing is more like I'm a small business I'm using simulation in this manufacturing philosophy it's more like yeah. that instead of a Step one, step two, step three. This yeah. is something cool I made. Well, also and level- like you know, uh, you know, a dream part. Mm-hmm. You're making the physical parts that are literally on my shelf that I'm putting in a box and packing and shipping away. Yes, and well, also level up is his. I mean, it's been uh, primarily for um, um, structural. They're they're structural products, um, and they're more enterprise products. Um, so it, it gets really into like a lot of the nitty gritties of how how the set up simulations. There's actually a couple of really interesting ones that I'm I want to go maybe this weekend and watch. I didn't have a chance yesterday. Oh to yeah, go through when it. are you gonna do that during nap time? I guess nap time. <laughs> it's every two hours, right? Uh, for you. Um. Well, I better take advantage of it. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I, there's some really interesting ones. Um, there's some really interesting use cases. And yeah, historically, ANSYS, a lot of the conferences, a lot of the, the, the talks that you go on are geared very much towards um, um, very nitty gritties on how things work and complex problems and solving those problems. Um, right. Well, um, so ANSYS also, you have that. And then ANSYS also the same week released their second or third, second? Second customer video highlight video? Yeah, or I think third. second. I know it's a three-part series, but I can't remember which one it is. Um, 
they did the second customer highlight video and that video specifically showed how we use simulation for composites yeah. and kind of highlighted our bikes um, as opposed to the first video, which was kind of a uh, general overview. General overview. And I think we we're kind of, it was more geared towards the 3D, um, 3D print. print. Yeah. Side. And then so, um, and as we said, composite simulation is a little different because there's a multitude of factors and material composition as well. So like thickness, layup orientation, temperatures, mm-hmm. etc. Um, and I'll try to add the embedded link for that video. Yeah, and the once and the, I find it, I assume it's on LinkedIn or something. It like is that. on LinkedIn. I, I don't know where else they're 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 they posted it. So so I can post that there. I'll mm-hmm. post it with it. So um, yeah. So that video. What do you want to talk about that video for? Um. So in that video, um, we kind of really goes through the RF twenty and how we used simulation in the RF twenty, and it, it was actually like a super important, um to have simulation for the RF-20 because the RF-20 was a project that we've been working on for a very long time. And it's, you know, to, to prototype, anyone that's done composite products in the past knows how much time and money goes into building prototypes and physical products and then fixing things that went wrong in it and then validating the test results. Um, with ANSYS, we were actually able to fully simulate not only just the part, the layup, but also fully simulate the manufacturing process of the part. Um, so that allowed us to find flaws in our design um, and, and how we were approaching it very early on when, you know, we knew that, you know, this shape wasn't probably the optimal shape because we were getting an issue here with the creasing problem or we were getting, um, you know, during the molding process, we were getting voids right in this spot. Like we could figure a lot of that stuff out before we had to actually make the part. Um, we've also talked a lot about here that, you know, we, we are a small company, so there are um, budgets on projects and the budgets are not usually um, e- extravagant. Um, so what? <laughs> but um, so, you know, for us, cutting a mold for an RF-20 um, front triangle is, is very expensive. It's, it's not a, a, um, a cheap undertaking. So if we cut that mold and there's something wrong with it, that's going to cost us a lot of money and put a lot of delays into the project. Um, and that's originally what actually slowed us down on the RF-20 was th- those types of issues. Um, once we introduced ANSYS into that workflow, we were able to drastically um, reduce our costs and being able to produce the bike much quicker. So it's been a big game changer for us. Yeah. And it was nice that ANSYS likes us so much to come <laughs> shoot a video. It, yeah, it was. It was very, it was very flattering that a company like Ansys had an interest in in what we're doing. Right, because yeah, the they're a big company, but they have an interest in small companies because I think they know going forward that that's their future. Well, I, I think yeah. I mean, I think I mean, I, I think smaller companies are going to be um, doing more innovative things, but I think it's also an issue of you know we're we're trying to innovate the way we work and trying to improve upon how we've done everything in the past so i think they've taken an interest in that philosophy we kind of bring to it so um plus i mean i don't know i love i love uh tech it's cool stuff so you love tech yeah i yeah. do i like this stuff um it's fun. cool so uh is there anything else you want to talk about the simulation and ansys and this week and what's going on and um yeah yeah if you haven't checked out um um level up check it out there's a lot of cool courses there's a lot of interesting topics um um if simulation concepts like this interest you check out our um our uh talk um you just have to register and you should be able to still see it i think for the next for a little bit still you can Mm -hmm. watch the course 
um, and we'll also put the video of the um, the composite workflow um, video that Ants has made on our page. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of covers. Most and of I it. think that's one of the last conferences to round up the year. Yeah, maybe, it was supposed hopefully. to do. <laughs> I was supposed to do GTC, but I we. Oh, when is oh that's november right it's like next week oh yeah well it was and the recording was going to be right during the due date for this little guy guy, who i now have to hold here because he just he loves to be held he does love to be held um so things to mention yeah uh we finished the conferences we are doing pretty well with all of the adapters selling Mm -hmm. on amazon and the website um so you're gonna start refocusing on the rf20 which was just paused just because of life yes um, because you were doing a lot of design work um, for the clean adapters and mm-hmm. you were busy and I was creating life. So I was doing much more. <laughs> um, much more important work. <laughs> and so um, you're going to start working on that and we're going to ramp yeah. up the manufacturing on that product. Yeah. And so we've been, um, like Courtney said, been super active on the clean adapters and um, the pro custom clean adapter um the safeguards the pedal washers the safeguards are doing really well yeah so i'm 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 kind of surprised on how well they're doing i mean to me i'm like that's just a piece of metal in your shoe but i guess it's important to cyclists yeah it's a yeah that's that could actually be a whole topic on its own on what there's people that love it and there's people that don't love them um but basically it's a uh a piece of metal that goes between your speed pay cleat and your base plate adapter or the shoe, depending on how you have your setup. And ours is a stainless steel piece that goes right there so that when the pedal interfaces it, it doesn't hit the base plate or the cleat adapter or the shoe. And it Does hits it just the metal. feel like stronger when you pedal? Is I that mean, why people like it so much? One of the reasons people like it is because it actually protects the shoe and protects the base plate. So overall, it creates less wear. There's another argument that if you have inconsistent wear on a base plate like that or a safeguard, like what we call it, um, then your cleat is not adjusted properly. So it there's an argument to be made there. Um, well, check out our whole episode on bike fitting. Which yes, was that's, two a, that's, that's a bike ago? fitting question. Um, the, the other thing, too, though, that the safeguard, I think, does is the speed pay cleat system is very reliant that the system is flat. It has to be perfectly flat. So my belief is, is that a shim a safeguard actually helps make that area a little bit more flat and more rigid um so it actually could make the cleat engagement slightly better um i think that's kind of it has to be more explored but it's something that when i did bike fits i actually like them i like the shim that they that speed play used to make back in the day um but it was hard to get Mm. so um i saw that wahoo was no longer making it and they said they weren't going to support it so we decided to make it and people seem to like it they do because I'm packing a lot of them. You are so so that's good. And then you're also working on website updates. We mentioned you yep. swinging you around it. a new theme idea. Yeah. Um. And then once I find some time in between my daily tasks and catching up and feeding this baby, uh, we'll be updating the website with new content and photos. Yeah, new content, photos, maybe some videos on some of the products. Yeah. And um, we actually are waiting on our new Google Pixel 6 phones. <laughs> so maybe uh, I can find some room in between all the pictures of my children and the dog and my pumpkin spice latte selfies and take some awesome product photo fo- like pictures. That'd be cool. I feel um, like that'd be easy, right? And sure. setting up the big camera and 
and all the photos and lighting and stuff. Maybe lighting. We'll I don't see. know. It's we'll see how good it is. Super fun. So I think this could be a really game changer. Super for, phone. Is this a new status? It's a super phone that could be a game changer for a busy marketing lady who is holding a baby and needs to take a product photo. I'm interested to see how it works. I'm all for it. <laughs> if you see a website update and all of our products have a baby next to them, <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened. I've definitely changed the theme <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, the only other thing that maybe we should be just touch on real quick is um, it's come up once or twice now about uh, we sell our products on our website. Obviously, everything's available on our website, and some of our products are available on Amazon. Um, and a select few of those products are available on Amazon Prime. So they're FBA, they're fulfilled from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean next day. It does not. It means that it's, I mean, it's Amazon. So it's usually two days, mm-hmm. sometimes same day, sometimes next day. Um, yeah, um, it's faster delivery. If you're an Amazon Prime member, um, our website, um, we do offer free shipping, but that's at $150. Yeah. Um, we offer free ground shipping um, in Tennessee, so you can kind of figure out how far, how long it takes to get to you. Um, yeah, just, you know, just as a disclaimer, um, they are available. Some people like to get on Amazon, some like to buy it direct. The price is the same. Um, the, the difference is the shipping and the handling setup. Shipping so, fees apply. Shipping fees apply. We do have to pack them. So we do have to ship them. We do have to and ship them. And we're a small business. We're not oh. Amazon. Yes. So we're trying to balance how it does. But the basic philosophy that we have is, is that our smaller items like um, like the cleat adapters, safeguards, uh, pedal washers, things like that, um, we're trying to stock on FBA on Amazon as well as we can. Um, and our more expensive items, we are just selling through Amazon, but would be shipped from us here and we're selling through our website just so people can have an idea of how it works. Um, and we'll be trying to somehow integrate that into our site. Yeah, so we should hopefully get that up and running and people get their shipments quickly. And, you know, we're not Amazon, but we are getting stuff out as quickly as possible. Yeah, we're pretty quick, too. So I need to ship a uh, cheeseburger into my mouth right now (laughs) or a taco or some pizza or something because, you know, I'm hungry and I'm holding a baby. Well, let's get hangry. <laughs> so, let's not get hangry. No. So let's wrap <laughs> her up here. And we thank you for choosing to take some time with us. We look forward to future breakaways. Look for us on Instagram and LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and in person here in Tennessee. We ask our listeners to please share, like, and subscribe. We're available on all major streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. Have a good one and find some time to break away.